Hey, one more time, welcome to Christ Fellowship, everybody that's visiting today on this Easter Sunday. We're so glad you're here, and uh, we are trying to follow Jesus, and uh, we pursue uh, Him with all of our hearts, and it is a joy doing that in the context of uh, other brothers and sisters who are trying to do the same thing, and so it really helps. And, uh, you know, before I get into this message, I know a few people are finding seats still. Uh, before I get into this message, if I could get everybody that got engaged last night on the Trinity River, please stand. what he does, what he brings, you know, it's like 
Ryan talking, or it's like Lindsay, it's just, there's something that goes beyond words, and we end up either laughing or crying, or it's just, ah, oh, it's better than and bigger than. And I could go on, but the point here is, the words on the page are not the reality. The words on the page point to the reality of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the King, the living Christ, the one who's alive, never to die again. You know, that's the power of Jesus and the gospel. This is like uh, theology and, and, and the scriptures. It's like a map that points the way to what the reality is, if that makes sense. So let's pretend I'm looking at a map of the east coast of the United States of America. And I'm looking at a beach there, and I've even got the satellite view. I can zoom in on that thing and see the beach. I might even be able to zoom in enough to see waves crashing beside the beach, right? But no matter how much I study the map, there's just something different that happens when I'm standing there on the beach. Can I get a witness? So something is different that happens when I can feel the sand in my toes, I can feel the wind in my hair. I can smell the sea salt that's in the air. I can see little poor pie, poor sisters. Got the kind of gate on the fly out here. Don't work with me. I've never said plural version of porpoise before, I think. I'm moving on because I don't have much time. But, uh, it's just totally different. So I'm standing there and I have a totally different experience of Jesus Christ than just reading words about Him. Does that make sense? So it's a map that points us to the living Christ, the one who's alive. I can remember looking at maps. I was fascinated as a kid with the Grand Canyon. But I didn't get to go to the Grand Canyon until I was uh, in my 40s, in my, in my, in my 30s. It's a long time ago. And so, I'm telling you, if you've ever been, how many of you guys have ever been to the Grand Canyon? There's probably a bunch. You drive in, you go through this gate field, and you go past some trees, and all of a sudden, you can see it. And I literally stopped the car dead in the middle of the road. And the windows are up and everything, and I'm just like going, oh my goodness. It was a blow away. Because I saw for the first time this thing, I've been watching pictures and all that kind of stuff, but it does not do it justice. And in the same way, we're going to spend a few weeks looking at what is this that brings us joy beyond words? This Jesus, this gospel, this good news. And uh, it's, you know, you can hear about Jesus, you can talk about Jesus, you can have strong opinions about Jesus, but when you have an encounter with Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes changes and it's like standing there on the beach it's the real deal and that's what baptism is a picture of that we died to the old life and we are being raised to live a new kind of life where jesus is alive literally alive inside of us and it's just absolutely incredible and you may hear the words like a living hope is the name of this this sermon today you may hear those words hope and joy and go you know, I really wasn't raised in that kind of a family. I wasn't raised in that kind of environment where we talked about joy, where that was an expectation that we were going to be walking in that kind of joy. And I want to say that uh, it's, that's what's so good about the good news is that in spite of all the stuff we've been through, in spite of all the hard things we've walked through, God has good news for us. 
you know, for Justin, Jonathan, Kenny, it's all around this room. Uh, he has good news for us because we go through, and uh, you know, I was kind of excited about preaching on joy beyond words, and we get together, a few of us get together and kind of work on these messages a little bit. And one of our elders, Yancey, said, well, Jamie, I think you need to be ready to talk about sadness if you're going to talk about joy. I was like, no, man, I don't want to talk about sadness. This is a series on joy. We're going to talk about happy stuff. And he said, you know, man, there's a rhythm to this whole thing, and you don't just walk in joy all the time. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Older ones shaking their heads faster than the younger ones. It's just we all face difficulties in life. Isn't it true? You know, hopelessness, depression, discouragement. I'm not going to just keep going. It'll, but, you, but you know what I'm talking about. Hard stuff. So it's kind of funny. I just got to think we did this series on peace under pressure. And I'm telling you, I had to fight anxiety through that whole thing. I had to live through what I was going to stand up and try to preach. And I've had to do that again, this thing on joy this week. I've had I've battled sadness to tears on more than one day this week. And God's good. And God's good. So it's not all just happy and everything's always up and I just walk around bouncing around. That's not my real life. There's hard stuff that happens in life. And here's the good news. Easter means the main thing. One soundbite I'm trying to get here today is uh, that Easter means that God has given us a living hope that is real and results in joy beyond words. So in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a living hope that overcomes the hard stuff of life. And really, if you look at this passage, that's what you see right there all through the first few verses. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His mercy, He's given us new birth into a living hope. And then He starts talking about hard stuff that happens. You know, and it's like we experience fear. I'll just put, throw fear out there as a general one. Fear that all kinds of things are going to happen to us that's going to make life harder. Or I do. Anybody else? Just nod, raise your hand. We experience those things because the real hard things happen. And we thought it would look, I'll just be more specific, we thought it would look different than the way it looks right now in life. We thought we'd be in a different place. We thought our situation would look different. We thought our business would look different. We thought our marriage would look different. We thought our kids would look different. We thought our parents would look different. All these different things, right? But we thought that they would act different. They thought We thought they would not do that to us. We couldn't believe they would hold that over us. We thought they would forgive us. I thought I would forgive them. And here I am ten years later, still struggling with forgiving them. You know, those, those kinds of things. And so it's fears that, that really, a lot of the hard stuff we deal with are fears. The fears that will be left out. And that's the good news that's promised here in verse number 4. We'll be brought into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So it's the fear that will be left out. And instead, we're given a promise of inheritance. And that same idea is the idea that the Israelites were promised an inheritance in the promised land. We are promised an inheritance in the fullness of new creation that Jesus Christ is bringing. When He makes all things right, heaven and earth together, renewed earth, 
new heavens, new earth, all of that, and us getting to enjoy in that fullness. There is an inheritance that's promised to us. The fear that things will wear out. He says, we'll never perish, spoil, or fade. Matthew's here. I moved the Tahoe. I was behind my car yesterday. I had to go do something. And uh, I got this Tahoe in 2000. It's the first new vehicle I'd ever had. And that thing's 14 years old now. And I got in it and I realized, wow, it looks different than it used to look. You know, some of that he had some stuff in there. That wouldn't, but but uh, it's just like, wow, it's aging. It's getting old. It's, you know, it made the Tahoe last for a long, long time, so you can start making money and all that. Uh, made that thing last a long time. Somebody say that. There we go. Crazy. But it's the fear that things will wear out. The fear that things will be that will be taken out. And he says here, the promise is that through faith we are shielded by the power of God until the coming of the fullness of the salvation that's on our way. That's coming. And the fear that we'll be wiped out. I, I think of grief on that sometimes. You know, I get get down about stuff, or I get just I'm not I'm not I was I was struggling the other day. Here's a again personal story. Uh, I was struggling the other day. I was just kind of sad about some stuff. I don't know why. I think it had to do with this mess. Just literally, literally having to walk through some stuff. And uh, Kim was at her office, and I texted. And I was looking for a picture for somebody to ask for something at the office. And uh, and I stumbled on this video I had made of, of uh, Emily's senior ACU season. She played basketball for ACU. And, uh, and I told Kim, I said, I, I was looking for a picture. I stumbled on that video that I made. Bad idea. <laughs> it was sad. She's like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? <laughs> Now, why not? Why not just remove all the hard stuff? That's a you know. Why doesn't God just remove all the hard stuff? Great question, right? Why do we have to go hard through the hard stuff anyway? Couldn't God just fix everything and make everything just right for everybody? So if you think through that, I got some help just recently. I just finished a class with on, on C.S. Lewis, the theology of Lewis, and he was just so clear in pointing out that if God does that. Then, then he steps in and removes our ability to go through those hard things. Well, it also removes our ability to have choices and to express love back to God. And a lot of the hard things we go through are things that because of our own choices. And they're choices that other people make that are related to us. You know, and evil's in the world because of that. You know, and so there's all of that whole thing happening. But God is committed that through the hard stuff that happens to us, he's going to... Uh, He's going to uh, work about good and work things deep into our lives that that make us people that are more ready to see Him and to know Him. Um, it's kind of like, do y'all remember this kind of macho? So everybody, this may only relate to like the guys in the room. But um, do y'all remember that movie, The Secret Garden? <laughs> and so these kids, you know, they're, they're out they're playing, and this one kid's kind of, he's acting all, you know, limpy and stuff. And they find this little garden behind a door. It's all, it's all just overgrown and everything, weeds everywhere. But they start pulling the weeds out, and they sneak in there. It's like their private little place, and they start planting things, and it starts becoming beautiful. 
Well, that's what God's wanting to do on the inside of us, where nobody sees what's going on. When we go through hard stuff, it's like He's He's pruning things out of our lives, things that need to go. I'm gonna just just one more second. I'm gonna say just a little bit more about that. But it's getting us ready to become people that are beautiful and can actually stand being in the presence of God and enjoy being in the presence of God. So the second piece of this then is. The second piece is in the resurrection of Christ, we have a living hope that develops faith because that's what God's doing here. That's where this passage is going that develops faith. Okay, so he says, verse 6, uh, you've suffered a little bit, griefs and trials, but these have come, verse 7, so that your faith of greater worth than gold and perishes though refined by fire may be proved genuine and result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So, the more valuable than anything you can think of, more valuable than gold, is this faith that's being developed in us as we go through hard times, trusting in God, He is building something into us that makes us ready to see Him. So, this idea of being refined by fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go through hard things. And, uh, again, referring back to Lewis, he called... This thing that God does in our lives, He called it the intolerable compliment. Now, stay, stay with me here. An intolerable compliment. And the intolerable compliment is that God loves us so much that He actually wants to give us Himself. He actually wants us to know Him as He is. The, the thing that we were made for. But the thing that's intolerable about it, the thing that's hard about it is we have to change in order to be in His presence and enjoy it fully. There's stuff in our lives that needs to go, that needs to be pruned, that these weeds that need to get out of there. And so to be ready to enjoy Him, it means we're going to have to change. We are going to have to change. Just look around and look at all these people. Just say, you're going to have to change. And it's easier to do that than it is to go, now, and I'm going to have to change. Husbands and wives right here, nothing. Nothing to each other. Pastor said it. They're going to have to change. But it's like this. And this really, uh, this has nothing to do with the husband and wife thing of changing. Forget that. It's like my dog, Maggie. We love Maggie. And Maggie is more able to enjoy us now after 10 years. Can you believe Maggie's 10? She's in denial. She's in total denial. Uh, but this little dog, you know, she did, especially when we first got her, she did stupid stuff, like a lot. A lot of stupid stuff. And we were trying to encourage her and help her and nurture her and stuff, but she could not understand what it was we were trying to bring her into and help her to have the capacity to enjoy. That's what I'm talking about. God is wanting to bring us into something that we cannot even fathom. But it's going to be so good. And so we've got to have that vision of Him and realize that He is working good, 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 good in all the things that He's leading us through. That our faith would be proved genuine, would result in praise, honor, and glory. And then the verse 9 there, verse 8 rather. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. Even though you don't see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. What happens is, He's building a faith that learns to love Jesus 
more and more and more. And the result in our lives as we do that is that it is a life that's filled with joy. Now, I'm going to talk about in the next few weeks what that, what that identity looks like. We're going to talk about that that's not just... Uh, one gear, one note. It's not like na 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 na, you know, like a lead that only has one note in it. You know, Neil Young's the only guy I know that does that. And uh, not many people are going to get that. Um, limited guitarist analogy thing. And uh, but but life isn't like a one note guitar solo. Life is more like it's more like a it's a jazzy. It's more like that. Move on. And it's interesting. Here's what I want to say is joy and hope, we experience them like this. Okay? We, it's not just up and to the right. Our journey with the Lord, there's high points and then there's struggles. And then there's high points again. And we look at the, I can look at my life and go, it's been up and to the right in Jesus. But it hasn't always been laughy, happy, clappy, you know, more angles wilder running through the field, right? And here's my, here's my point. You are not here this morning by accident. And this message that I'm proclaiming about the goodness of Jesus Christ is the most wonderful good news that any human being could ever hear on planet Earth, period. It's good news. And though you see it now, or maybe you, maybe you don't see it, or you want to see more, you go, why is he so excited about this? It's absolutely revolutionized life for me and for many others in this room. And it all started with God's good plan before creation ever happened to adopt us into his family. Before the creation of the world, we were predestined to be adopted. He's a family God, Father, Son, and Spirit. He's not adopting us into His oneness and it's just this solitary, alone God off in some dark corner of the universe. He's adopting us into His family. And that is good, good news for anybody who's ever wondered about does God love? Does God know how to love? He loves so much that He actually created and He made us. He put us, filled us with a and he wasn't surprised by the fall or anything that's happened. And Adam doesn't get higher billing in this story than Jesus Christ. He's just a type of one who was to come, but was already planned even before creation even happened. And it's good news that all can come, that all can come and know Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, where you've been, this is good news today. That there's forgiveness. There's hope, there's love, there's peace, there's life, there's, there, there's meaning in life. All of that, on and on and on, so that we could see it. And I put this in a just a, a simple response. ABC. ABC. Accept Jesus. Accept what Jesus has done on behalf of humanity. And the beautiful thing is that God gives us a, a chance to respond either with rejection or acceptance of what Jesus has done for us. He's done it for humanity. What He did on the cross, He did for humanity. And you can reject that or you can accept that. And accepting it changes life. It just It's like light breaks into the world in, in darkness when we accept that. And it's just good news. Believe. It's the promise. That, it's not the promise that we never go through hard stuff. 
But it is a promise that we will encounter Jesus over and over and over. In our life group the other night, we said, we'd start talking about, hey, tell a time when you encountered Jesus. And it was like just these powerful stories all around the room of Jesus encounters. And I was just trying to go, I want to spend every day with Him. Every day is a Jesus encounter. Some are like greatest hits, you know, you know, toss the bat over, walk up the first baseline. Those are cool ones. But a lot of it's just day in and day out, living life with Jesus Christ, and it's good. And finally, commit our lives to Jesus. Commit our lives to Jesus. You know, once you start walking down this road, what you're going to discover, you may think, man, it's hard. I don't want to just go full on with Jesus. But once you discover this, you're going to find that He really is the way. He really is the truth. He really is God uncovered. He really is the light that makes all of life make sense. So, you know, when I say, and I'll just wrap this up. When I say, accept, you say, well, I've done that. When I say believe, you say, well, I've done that. When I say commit, you say, well, I've, I've done that. And my big deal here today is don't make that something that you've done back there, but make it something that's happening right now. It's not about the past. You know, it, it is. I mean, you start at some point, but he's not just saying start and believe something that happened when you were 12 or 15 or 20 years old or whatever, but to live this life out with Jesus Christ. And that's where the life is. You know, it's like we were saved in the heart of God before creation. We were saved when Jesus Christ died on the cross. We were saved when, when we made that decision originally to follow Him. And we're continue, we continue to be saved every time we say yes to Jesus. And there's coming a salvation when He's going to make everything right. And this is good news. This is our hope. This is the living hope that we've been brought into. That because He was raised to never die again, He has brought humanity with Him. Raised to never die again. That's good news. Stand up and uh, worship team come up. And we'll just, we're going to do just maybe five minutes or so here of ministry. We do this at the end.